whether James Harden's lost 100 pounds, you look at you, a Ugandan track star. At the end of the day, my main concern with them is James Harden, when it's time, when the lights are at their brightest, he does not play his best basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what you know about benchmark? Just speaking the facts that you wanna hear. The rapper judge, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is business, you know how they go. You playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Benchmob ENT podcast. This is our NBA Media Day episode. This is episode 211, episode 211, NBA Media Day. Some of the biggest things that we saw from it, you had the Nets, you had the Lakers, you had DeAndre Ayton looking upset, you got the Chicago Bulls situation. We're going to touch on all of it, but we have to start off with the biggest storyline, obviously, Katie is back as a net. Ben Simmons is a net. Kyrie is still a net. Do you think this team can salvage this season with all of the extra turmoil and off-the-court issues that's going on in Brooklyn? They're going to have to. I think they will. I mean, I think I like what I hear from Ben Simmons. I feel like he's in a better place mentally than he was because I actually do believe what he was dealing with and I mean that's the thing when you're in the public eye for so long people don't want to believe that they want to just you know write it off as like oh chicken you you're just afraid to play and all this stuff but like they go through stuff too so I think he's in a better place I think he'll get back to playing the way he plays which I mean before he was you know everybody talked about the shooting. He was still a really good player. Like people don't just make all-star games, all-star teams for no reason. So when you think about it, they got three all-stars on that team. You bring back Kyrie, who, I mean, he has no choice but to play. (laughs) Like literally no choice. Otherwise your money is going to be real funny in the future. And then you got KD who's locked in. Like I think regardless, he wanted a, a trade, didn't get it. He's locked in for the next four years. That's his fault. And it's not a, a bad issue to have because this is the best team you've had since you've been there. Like you've got a defensive stopper in Ben Simmons who can guard all five positions. You've got Royce O'Neal, who's a good piece, who brings you defense. You've got uh, Warren off the bench because he's not going to start, but he's going to give you good minutes off the bench. And the last time we really saw him was in the bubble bowling out. So I think they've got some good, good pieces like Nick Claxton. This is a team that that's got real potential. And I mean, I know we've been saying it for the last four years of the nets should be the the front runners for the NBA championship, but this could be the the one year that they do kind of prove us right. 
the ones. Like, that's the thing. Every year we've gone into expecting them to be contenders, go to the finals. But something always happens along the way, whether it's injuries, whether it's COVID, vaccines. Now this year, there's no excuses. Like Ben Simmons, fully healthy. Kyrie's fully healthy. KD's fully healthy. So that big three right now matches up with anybody else in the league. So now they just got to make it happen. They, they, uh, my miles, that was, that was, uh, that was beautiful. Um, but you know, I, I, I would, I would say I'm focused on what, on what the guys said during the media day, like what they were saying, what came out of their miles. Well, you know, I, cause that tells you a lot. I, the, the Kyrie part of it, and even the KD part of it, honestly, are very telling. And and Kyrie, you know, seemed genuinely disappointed. Uh, <laughs> like, disappointed is probably an understatement that he didn't get that deal done in the offseason because, obviously, that was the, the main priority. That's how it was supposed to work out. He mentioned that he had other shooters and other places he could have gone. But, you know, it, it, that wasn't – that was a, a last-ditch last effort. You know, he wanted it to work out with the Nets. He didn't – he wasn't going to get what he wanted from the Nets. He realized that. So – He's motivated. I think, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about him going all fake Malcolm X on me this off this season. I think he's really going to go out there and play, play basketball. It's going to be about basketball for him. He's motivated to get that big contract, whether it's the Nets or someone else. I think ultimately because KD's deal is four years long, right. Um, and this season goes the way that they want it to go. It, it'll be with the Nets and he'll stay, but it, it's, it's crazy because, you got healthy Ben, obviously, like like Miles said. I think they have a chance to really put this all this drama behind them. And then KD's comments about how he would have left. He he wanted to leave anyways because they didn't hold their water when he got hurt. They lost ten games in a row. He completely forgot to mention it was Kyrie's fault that the team chemistry was destroyed during that time and they couldn't win, right? But fine, that's convenient. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing with with KD is that hey, look if you look at the roster, like Miles said. They've gotten better in every single way. The Royce O'Neal addition, Ben Simmons is obviously a, a huge addition as an all-star player. He comes and he does what he does well. He's an all-star. That's an all-star. That's the all-star player. Um, and you you add, you know, Seth Curry, Joe Harris back. Joe Harris is a big deal for this team. Big, big deal. Uh, so much wing help. Uh, and, and obviously you got your man who's hurt right now, uh, TJ Warren. So they've got a chance. They've got a real chance to be to be really, really good this year. And I think they can. If, if Katie were to go down, they'll be good. They'll still be a good team. They'll still be formidable. So, yeah, this is, this is the year where things should happen. I think they're the most interesting team in basketball because of all the underlying storylines. But I think that this 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 year, this team and how they've constructed it, they're they're a brand new team. I think where you're going to see the real difference for them is defense. I think defensively they're going to be a, one of the better teams in the league because they can switch everything one through five with certain lineups. And I think Claxton and Ben Simmons in the same lineup is uh, defensively. Is, is, is really, really tough, really tough. So um, they, they got a better team than I've, I've, I've ever seen them have. It's the best Mets team I've ever gotten a chance to root for. And I think that you won't have the, the typical nonsense on the side that ruins these seasons. Between them and the Lakers, I'd love to see like a hard knocks with them. NBA, <laughs> NBA should do a hard knocks with the Nets or the Lakers. Before we even talk about the other teams, I just want to ask real quick, the biggest news to me that came out from across the bridge was the Knicks plan to start Evan Fournier over Quentin Grimes. I get it. I get it. 
it's the contract and you can't really, you shouldn't really bench them, but we, we've already seen Evan Fournier starting. We've seen. Uh, true. I think it's one of those things where you're right. The money does tie into that. You're paying him like 18 million, like Galladay. Like you got to do something, but at the same time, like Grimes showed you, he can do a little more. He plays defense. The one thing we do need from that position, because there's a lot of good two guards in this league, and Fournier be getting cooked by every single one. So it's like, I don't care if he can hit a three, which, by the way, Grimes hits open threes or uh, what is it? Yeah, open threes at a better clip than Fournier does. So it's not like they're that far off. It's just that he gives me a little more off the dribble, which I think he showed in summer league, and he's a little more talented. So I think it's one of those things where Tibbs, he's kind of stuck in his own ways, his old ways, and he just wants to stick with his guys, which I don't. I feel bad saying Fournier is one of his guys because I wish he was off this team. But at the same time, this is what we got. I do think Grimes should be able to play more minutes. It might be one of those things where he does start, but Grimes is in there more often just because of what he brings on both sides of the court. Like, if we're going to win games this year, we got to, you know, master these lineups. Because that was the thing. Like, we didn't have any lineups that, that really helped us. Like, we played guys too many minutes. Can't play Randall 35 minutes a game when we got Obi who gets us easy baskets. Like, Obi is one of those players who, you know, makes everything easier for you. And we can't play Fournier big minutes when he's just going to give points up on defense. Like he's a liability in the pick and roll. So, I mean, it's early in training camp. I feel like that's something Tibbs also said to kind of motivate Grimes into being like, all right, he has the job right now. Go take it. Like I'm not opposed to switching at this point. Like if you're the better option, I don't care if he's making 20 more million than you, you'll be playing more than him. Hey, um, Miles, you're, I mean, obviously you you frustrated and I'm just understandably. So the reality is a guy like Tibbs, he's going to play the, the older guys. That's just been his MO. You have the wrong coach for what the team's trying to do. You're pulling in two different directions. It, it's stupid. I, mean, I need Kenny Atkinson. I need him. Yeah. I don't understand what that's like. And I know Kenny Atkinson's going to be patient. He, he, he has no problem being on that Warriors sideline for a while because it's fun. Um, he'll, the next job he takes will be the right one. He obviously got hired by, you know, Charlotte, and he backed out. But it's uh, – it's, you, you just have an organization pulling the wrong way and a team that needs the opposite of what Thibodeau provides. Thibodeau provide, it wants to win games. Thibodeau's always played the older guys. Thibodeau never plays the younger guys. It's never been his thing. Um, we, every, everywhere he goes, that's a problem. It always has been. So – I can't say I'm surprised by this, but obviously, you know, I think with the, with the way this season could pan out for the, the Knicks anyways, they, they, they'll they probably fire him. The best thing that could happen is him getting fired, um, right? I, I think it's the best thing because then you can go the way you need to go, which is developing the young talent on your team, especially when you don't make a trade, when you don't include – you're so high on Grimes, you don't want to trade him for Don Mitchell, but then you don't want to start him either. Like, it, don't make, it doesn't make sense. That's what I mean when I see the organization pulling two different ways at the same time. It's just that they're not moving in, in, in symphony. There's no synchronization. So, hey, I, 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 he obviously should be starting. I think at some point in the season he might end up starting. Um, 
but I think the best thing for the Knicks is obviously a, a tough season, especially with this draft class. Anyways, like you know, unless RJ Barrett takes this leap that everyone's telling me he's gonna take, it, you got to get guys like Grimes out there. Grimes is too good to be on the bench, and especially for a guy like Fournier, when you know exactly what he is already, it's not like it's a mystery. It's just a waste of time. It's just like Julius Randle, it's a waste of time. Same thing. So it's the ex- it's the existential problem for Knicks fans, you know. Develop the kids or, or or try to win games pointlessly. Staying in the East, Celtics, one of the things that was most telling to me, none of the players knew. They found out about the NBA Udoka thing just like we did on social media. Do you think the Celtics, with all that's going on and having Joe Mazzula now as the coach, that they'll suffer or they'll just be fine because the talent will just shine through? I think there could be some chemistry issues. Like, you just lost your coach like a week before the season who just took you to the finals. Now you got to, you know, I'm sure this this assistant coach, he's been in the system. Cool. But at the same time, he doesn't really ha- – I don't know if he has their trust or not. And I don't know if he's been a head coach at this level to to really show that, all right, I can make the tough decisions when I need to. I can make those – good play calls when we're down two with 10 seconds left and do, do stuff like that. So it's all going to be a learning game. And I don't know if like things are just not pointing in the right direction for this team. Like Robert Williams is out for the first like month and a half. We got like, I don't know. You lose Gallinari in a, a meaningless Euro basketball game. Like, I think things are just not pointing in the right direction for this team. So I think they'll be good, but they're not going to reach the, these heights again. Not not at this level, which then you'll hear those questions again of like, who do you trade? Who do you, you know, get rid of to kind of improve this team? And then that's where you really start to see things kind of break down a little bit. I think the only way this works is if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will let Missoula actually coach them and hold them accountable. That was part of the biggest issue last year. Marcus Smart had to call them out. Emi Udoka was given the liberty to be able to call them out and coach them and hold the best players accountable. Do they respect Joe Missoula? That's the biggest X factor to me. Do they respect this guy? Are they going to listen to him? If not, you can see the Celtics talking about we looking at the Celtics a, a fifth seed, a sixth seed. Because do we really believe in Tatum and Brown as leaders on this team? We believe in their talent, but leading a team through all this turmoil. I don't know. That's a question mark for me. It all depends how Joe Mazzulla does and do they do the players respect him? Because I, I could like it's really being a fifth seed, sixth seed team. I feel like they'll respect Malcolm Brogdon because I feel like that's another leader that they brought in to this team. Like he's a vet. He's, he's gotten the respect of guys where he's been in the past. So I think him smart. Those are two guys that are going to be kind of at the forefront of that locker room. And I don't know. I think they could manage to make things happen, but like you said, are they going to respect the coach enough to, you know, take his criticism if he does criticize them because he hasn't earned that right yet, but we'll see. It's when you lose a coach like um, 
Imi Udoka, you got to remember the thing is, when we talk about him taking them to the finals, it's not like this, this blanket statement we're making. He really did because at the, at the midway point of the season, they were like playing 500 ball. Jason, Jason Tatum wasn't passing like he, like he normally doesn't pass. That's his thing. He wasn't playing defense like he normally doesn't. And then all of a sudden it all changed because he held those guys accountable. So when you lose a leader like that, I expect there to be some turmoil. I expect there to be some rough patches. Whether Joe Mozilla is a good coach or not, you're not going to see that right away. It, it's going to take a minute for that team to kind of recalibrate and get used to the change because it's, it's going to be tough. Um, and then obviously you're dealing with the fallout within the organization too. I mean, it's, this thing's a mess. So I, I, I expect there to be some, some tough, some, t- it's going to be tough for them to translate to playing good basketball on the court right away. I think eventually they'll figure it out, but it's, it's a tough loss for them. Emi is a hell of a coach. So when he, when he's out, it, it's, it's going to be difficult to just bounce back that simply, even if Joe Mazzula is the next second coming of Red R back, uh, you know, she's going to take some time. Just going to take some time. But uh, I, I think eventually they, they will. They have, they have a lot of talent um, and they have a blueprint, a blueprint of what works. And Mazzula was there on the staff last year. So they should be decent. They should be good and at least decent enough to begin, but it should be, there'll be some rough patches for sure. Last team in the East that to talk about Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden has already announced he lost a hundred pounds. PJ Tucker's on the squad. We already hearing talks of the defense is improved. Melton is causing issues. They can't even get into their sets. Any belief in Philly being like a dark horse team? It don't scare me. As a Nets fan, I'm just being honest. I, I think they'll be a really good regular season team. Um, they'll be really good. That starting five will win a lot of games. Um, and the Anthony Melton's going to help them a lot. The Anthony Melton's going to help them. But I think ultimately, <laughs> you talk about the playoffs, I, I think my, whether James Harden's lost 100 pounds, whether he whether he could look like 50 Cent with did for that, for that role he played as that old that old homeless man or whatever it was. Uh, he could look like that. It, it don't matter. He could look like a Ugandan track star. At the end of the day, my main concern with them is James Harden, when it's time, when the lights are at their brightest, he does not play his best basketball. He just shrinks. So that's the, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing for me with, with James Harden. I, I, I don't know that he's going to rise to the occasion of the playoffs because he's, he's fallen short so many times. Um, so that, that's the biggest thing. Also, let, I, I want to say the James Harden images we see out there, him and his jersey in media day, you know, he don't like no man. He don't. He does not look like somebody who's 100 pounds. He does not look like that. Okay, he look. He was a turkey like turkey like us. Sarcastic, because everybody wants to talk about his weight. He's being sarcastic. He's he not being sarcastic. Lose. Yeah, he probably only lost like five pounds because I know he he's upstairs in that turkey turkey leg hut down in Houston. It's good eats or that raising canes in Houston. You know he's out there with them strippers. He was having a good time. So you know, I got I got variable. I got good sources telling me he'd be at that turkey leg hut all the time. I'm just saying, bro. It's food everywhere out there, and I don't blame him. But I'm saying, like, yeah, he's the biggest reason why I'm skeptical of them. By the way, this man, I don't back. care. I don't care if he looks like a Ugandan track star. <laughs> when there's been no pictures that have him looking nasty. Yo, you you got you must be stopped, bro. There's you said a Ugandan track star, bro. That's top. That's top five of bitch five history, bro. Ugandan track star. I think, <laughs> I think they actually going. They're going to be a good regular season team. Probably a top three, top three seed, easy. Been on the matchups. 
I think they could really be a dark horse team this year. I really do think so. If they really improve their defense, as they're saying, with Daniel House, I think they could be a dark horse team. Are they better? That. Are they a better transition defense team now than they were before with the with the way they've added? I don't know that PG Tucker makes you a better transition defense team. I know that DeAnthony Melton does because you get younger, you're more athletic. But where else did you get the infusion of youth? Like where is it at? Tyrese Max is not a defensive player. So Daniel where, House. He plays pretty good, solid defense, three and D guy. I guess you got two guys, and and, and Bede's a, a liability in transition too. The way to get the way to beat them is make Embiid have to get up and down that floor. Which a team like the Nets, a team like the Celtics, uh, uh, but the Bucks, they'll do that, right? So can you get back and on? Can you get back on defense quick enough when teams are just pushing the ball down the court as fast as they can? That's my concern with them. I think transition defense could be the Achilles heel, and also James Harden just not showing up. Going out west, DeAndre Ayton is in camp, but it doesn't seem like DeAndre Ayton wanted to be in camp. He doesn't want to be there. He hasn't talked. He hasn't talked to the coach since game seven last year. Do we have any belief that we might see the Suns kind of dip this season? Still be good, but maybe not a top three seed. Including, obviously, the Robert Sarver situation that's going on, too, on top of that. I feel like naturally, though, just because I feel like there's been a couple teams in the West that have gotten better and like the Lakers aren't going to be as bad as they were last year. So I think you're going to see some teams sort of rise to the top. And what have the Suns really done to get better? Like they're getting rid of Crowder. Like we've seen that happen. And he I feel like he's kind of he's their muscle on that team. He, he's, he's a guy who will get into it with people. And now you have DeAndre Ayton, who. He's almost like, I'm here. I'm here, right? Leave me alone. I don't want to answer a question. Like, this is not my team, but they brought me back. This is, this, that's what it sounds like. like he, it feels like he's disconnected from this group. And we'll see how long that takes before it boils over. And, you know, you'd think Chris Paul, as one of the leaders, will try to nip that in the bud before the season starts. But, like, him coming out media day and looking like that, and then being real like blunt about not talking to Monty since the, the end of the, the the playoffs. I'm like, damn, that was like five months ago. So clearly there's a disconnect. Like there was a disconnect in the playoffs back then, and there still is now. So I don't know. I like Monty, but this is where you can see things kind of falling apart. They're still a really good team. Don't get me wrong. They got Chris Paul. Although he, he's been, you know, getting these little nagging injuries lately, which the older you get, it's not really going to get any easier to come back from. So I feel like this is all good. It all depends on how good Devin Booker is. Because, I mean, I see a lot of people putting him in top 10 lists. So if he's a top 10 player, he's got to kind of, you know, take over. I, I don't feel good about them. Uh, I'll be honest. It's not just the DeAndre Ayton situation. It's also the Jay Crowder situation, too, where he basically gets to a point where he refuses to show up. Uh, he, and they made him feel like they don't want him. It, it, that's unusual. Usually when you're they, gonna... they don't want to start him. So he's like, all right, let me, let me get out of here. Right. And I think that's going to be a huge, huge loss for him because I think they want to they go Cam Johnson. They want to go with the youth and give more playing time to him. Yeah. It's tough. You got too much turmoil in the locker room. That team was built. That team is built on good vibes. You got them singing Nevada before games, singing the NBA Young Boy. 
is, you know, dancing with brooms. DeAndre Ayton's a big part of that room, like, being that happy. Him not being happy matters. I, I, that, that matters to team chemistry. You can't keep the guy there who is that upset to be there, who is so upset that he's going to show the media openly that he's pissed off that he's there. And we all knew in the very beginning that when he got offered that, that, uh, that he got matched by the Suns, that it was going to be a problem. It was going to be a real problem. He did not want to be there. He wanted to go to Indiana. He was excited about Indiana. It was reported widely that he was excited about it. He made it known. So you bring him back. We also had a public meltdown he had, the public argument he had with Monty Williams. That doesn't get fixed. That's irreconcilable differences. That's a coach not believing in the kind of player that you are. Okay, when, you, when he makes a fool out of you like that, he didn't have to do that. Monty didn't have to do what he did, but he did that on purpose. He doesn't believe in the kind of player he is and what he brings to the table. And he doesn't believe that he fits the long-term vision of that team. They only brought him back because they wanted to get some value for him in return. They just didn't want to lose him for nothing. And, and so when you do stuff like that, it's bad for business. At the same time, because while you think that you're going to hold on to him and get something in return, this is a chance win now team. You can't afford to lose games early on. You can't afford to get bad seating. Less home games is bad for you. All right. When Chris Paul's playoff performances waver anyways, you want to have home games to make it more comfortable. It's tough. New Orleans can beat you. If the Lakers get in, they can beat you. The Lakers can beat you if they get in. You know what? Denver, there's a million teams. So Memphis, uh, the Warriors. So it, it's it's really a tough situation for them. I think the turmoil with the team chemistry is a problem because a team like that thrives on it, and they always have, and that's what made them special. And when you have two players that are disgruntled, I'm, I know they'll get rid of uh, they'll get rid of Crowder. He'll be gone. They have no problem trading him. But they can't trade the, the DeAndre until January 15th because of the trade, because of some ex- exception with the rules. So it's going to affect them. It's really going to affect them. It's going to affect the way the season goes. You won't see the same team. I, I really believe that. But, you know, this is what you pay Chris Paul the big bucks for to be a leader. And so hopefully he can kind of reel it in and salvage something out of this. But it's tough. When you did, the, the, the Monty Williams relationship is just not in a good place. And I think that's the problem they have there with between him and DeAndre. And DeAndre's an important part of that team. He really is. He's really important. He, he His short roll, pick and roll game, hitting the mid-range jump shot, playing defense on the side, getting blocks. You need, you need a guy like that to be engaged. When you're happy, you play your best basketball. Just reality. It, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Not only, not only that, they don't even use him how he wants to be used. So that's a whole whole other issue right there. And, it's and, tough. and he, he does his role so well for them now. Even, the role they, even though he doesn't want to do it, the role he does now, he's so good at it. You have a guy who's not motivated to be, you look, man, that's a problem. It's, that's a disgruntled player. If I ever seen one, good luck. Good luck. Speaking of disgruntled players, that we might have one brewing over in Dallas. Jason Kidd has already come out and said Christian Wood will not be a starter. He tweeted right after that with a little smirking emoji. Is Christian Wood a starter? At least for maybe this team? No. No, I, I not on a good team. Yeah. His defense sucks. <laughs> okay. You, to be on a good team, you gotta play good defense. All right. That's the rule number one. You don't play good defense, you don't give up your body, you don't take charges, you don't, you don't help. You know, you're not you're not a good help defender, you don't understand rotations. And those are things that he has not done in either stop he's been at. He's never been asked to play great defense. Both teams he's come from at this point had didn't have winning aspirations, Detroit and Dallas. They never were trying to win games. He just went out there, they just, he just went out there and got a bucket. He just showed people he's talented. That's great. But talent only gets you so far in the NBA when you're trying to win something. And Jason Kidd's a defensive-oriented coach. That team's going to play defense. If you're going to play with Jason Kidd, he played defense. He's hard-nosed. He takes that very seriously. So I understand where he's coming from. And he can smirk all he wants. But 
the reality is you're not in a, you're not in a position you're not in a position of leverage on that team. You got to make it work. You can't keep floating around from team to team. The, the word gets out on you. You know what I mean? Word gets out on you. People know that you're disgruntled. People know you're going to come in and mess up team chemistry. You're not going to commit to the defensive defensive side of the ball. So your your next contract is not as fat as you hope it would be. So I, I think that um, J- Jason Kidd's absolutely right. Christian Woods is a defensive liability until he proves otherwise. So it's tough. Two more teams from media day that really stuck out. The Pelicans, Zion, looks healthy. They said this man is actually jumping higher than he was before he got injured. You got CJ McCollum there, B.I. healthy. He's finally playing pickup games with them. Herb Jones. It's a very good nucleus over there. What type of leap do you think is possible for the Pelicans to make this year with a healthy Zion? Western Conference Finals trip. It's hot. It's in the cards. As good as they are, as good as CJ McCollum is, Brandon Ingram, they're loaded. They're loaded. And, and, and they have what makes them really good to me is not just the core and guys who can get buckets and get score 20 or 30 on any given night, which is Zion, B.I., and CJ. They have great, great glue guys. Herb Jones. They got Jose Alvarado. I love Alvarado. I love everything about that guy and how he plays. They got great glue guys. They got great guys who do their jobs really, really well. They don't, and they do the dirty work. And that's going to make them a very – I mean, Herb Jones could be defensive player of the year next year. That's how good he is defensively. So they have a really, really good chance of being a threat and getting to that Western Conference Finals um, and beating anybody in the playoffs. They're that talented. Experience is the only thing that could beat them at the end of the day. Uh, and if Zion's going to be healthy and play most of his games, oh, my God. I mean, and he look, he's running fast, and he looks great. He lost weight. He, he looks more chiseled and defined. It's, it's real. So that team's a real deal. It's a, it's a dark horse NBA finals team if things go right. And, and they certainly could. They got the great coaching of Willie Green. They're, they're serious, man. They're a serious team. They're, they're, they're in a great place. Do you think, right, do they have, if not the best, maybe top three front courts in a Herb Jones, Zion, and Valachunas? Yeah. 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 Because Valentinus is, what would you say, like a top five big man in the league right now? Yeah, at least top five to seven. He, he gets a bunch of rebounds. He's so productive every night. It's, it's yeah, just, man. When Zion's healthy, he's probably like a top three power forward. And then you got Herb Jones, who he could be on a defensive, all defensive team this year. Like he, and I'm sure he's improving his offensive game, but this, this young team is going to be nasty. Gonna be so good, man. And what good Zion was before the injuries. I mean, Zion's good. Zion's the kind of guy who's going to score thirty on seventy percent shooting. You he's know? not leaving. He's not leaving now. No, nah, he's locked in. Everything they did, they re-signed CJ. They they be good for a long time. Nucleus. They got a they got a good nucleus. We got Devontae coming off the bench. Trey Murphy, Larry Nance, Jackson Hayes. Dyson Daniels, like they they got a pretty good. Dyson's a project, I will say that by the way. But that's a good project to have because he's talented. He's talented. He's a project though, for sure. But with how it's set up, you're not gonna ask for much from him this season. Yeah, right. Imagine being able to just flourish and and grow in New Orleans, and then we talking about in two three years, him backing up Biops, crazy. The other team in the West that, of course. The biggest story, 
the Lakers. It's obvious. Russ, he knows the vibes. He knows they're trying to trade him. He even alluded to it. He's like, hey, sometimes you go to – we all have places where we go to work where people don't like us. It is what it is. Him and Pat Bev seem like they're having the greatest of marriage. What's your thoughts on this Lakers squad? At this point, do you just keep fresh or you try to trade them? I think it'll cost more to trade them than it, it does to, you know, keep them. Like, I don't think they really want to trade those first-round picks. Now, like, it came out that they were, they were going to include them in a Donovan Mitchell or a Kyrie Irving trade, but those trades are dead now. They, they've moved on. So I think you got to make do with what you got. And I think Russ still has value in this league if he can just, you know, play a role. Because he doesn't have to be the same rust that we've seen for the last like 10, 12 years, because that's not necessary on this team. Like is, if this was the Thunder, like that Thunder team now, yeah, go eat, go get your triple doubles and, you know, ride off into the sunset. But if you want to play winning basketball, you got to do winning things. Like I don't think he was exactly the biggest problem the Lakers had last year. Like there was a lot of injuries, like, Still don't know if Kendrick Nunn is coming back from his sprained ankle. So good to me though. He, he, looks, what? he looks healthy. They okay. I, I hope so. Because they need him. They're gonna need him this year. And like LeBron's back, and you know what LeBron's gonna give you. AD is back. You know what he's gonna give you if he's healthy. That's the biggest question with him. If he's healthy, you know what he, he gives you. He's a top five player in this league who brings it on both sides of the court. But it all depends on if he can survive these nagging injuries that he, you know, always seems to get. Mm-hmm. Like I saw a report that he was dealing with a, a wrist. wrist injury that nobody knew about last year. That, that makes sense, by the way. Just the saying. shooting, which, I mean, yeah, he was pretty bad shooting from long yeah. distance. So that does make sense. But now he's going through a full offseason to recover. I expect him to be a lot better. I see like a top three or four team in the West this year, mainly because LeBron, you got AD. And then I think Russ will be able to give you something like he's still, he's still got something in the tank. It's just not, you know, it's not what he wants. Yeah, I agree. Lakers are definitely a top four team this year for sure. AD healthy, LeBron healthy. Obviously that's, you know, the caveat, but they healthy. That's a top four team this year. And they'll do point guard by committee. Russ, Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn. Those three, I think you'll be able to get enough out of them. Add Dennis Schroeder to the mix. Then you got Austin Reeves coming off the bench, who was, he played a very, very good job at his role. And I'm sure he's going to improve. And I'm hearing everything I like. Pat Bev, Russ, we best of friends. We work out together. LeBron, yo, this can work. This big three can work. I believe in it. And if LeBron believe in it, I'll take my chances on that. Them healthy, I think LeBron, AD, Russ, they've been having conversations. They'll figure it out. LA, in general, I think is going to be the championship is coming out of either the Lakers or the Clippers. Clippers are a dark horse. Lakers, all dependent on health and if they get the right matchup in the playoffs. But the Clippers also. John Wall, Kawhi, PG-13, the rest of their role players, 
Terrence, like, that's a pretty solid team, too. But on the Lakers front, top 14, easy. Yeah, I, I, I they've silently added more shooting this, this offseason, too, because you got Pat Beth and Jude. Uh, none obviously coming back and giving you something is he gave you nothing last year as an addition. And it is this rookie Cole Swider uh, from uh, who was at Villanova and at Syracuse. He's going to play. He's going to get minutes. He's going to play a lot. So I, he can really shoot the ball. So I didn't get out of shooting. That's important. That's more important than anything else they've done. And then you, I think Russell just, he just sounds different, sounds more humble. He's been humbled. Um, last year, we obviously, he, he sounded very different than he did last year at the end of the season. When he spoke recently at the media, at the media day or just before it, saying, you know, he could have played better. He, he's not, I've never heard him say that before. Never. So hopefully that means something for them. I think you're doing the right thing, seeing what he can give you before trading him. If it's untenable, then the Lakers won't, the Lakers will not waste time pulling the plug on this experiment if it looks bad. If he looks the way he did last year at any point, they will pull the plug on this as long as it's for the trade deadline. So he has a couple, he has a couple months to prove it see what it looks like, and but by Christmas time, it ain't looking good. They'll be out of there, I can tell you that. Because um, you, the one thing about the Lakers is that they're serious about committing to LeBron winning. That's why LeBron stayed. So they're gonna, those two picks will be used uh, one way or another to get someone they brought in there. And if it's to get rid of Russ and salvage something, they'll do that if they have to. They, don't, they hope not to have to, but um, one way or another, they're going to be used to get, make that team better. And so they'll be back in championship contention one way or another. And if AD stays healthy, that's the, big, that's the best thing that can happen to this team because they have a real shot. As long as you have real Brian and AD, I don't care what you put around them. I mean, I think this team is a little bit – I think the Brian Windhorse of the world who are saying this team is badly constructed because they can't shoot is a bit overstated. I think that they can – this can work with the shooting they have on the roster, especially if you add AD, AD to them, it makes making more of a shot since being the shooter he's always has been and playing to his, his uh, ability, you have a real shot. You have a real chance to win some games, make some noise. And so, it's yeah. still, there's still a couple of free agents still out there that they could add more shooting, more scoring, or add another wing defender. Yeah. Because you got Lonnie Walker in that mix, too, Troy Brown Jr., Austin Reeves. But we've seen the last couple teams to win a championship and make it to the championship. They have a bevy of those six, seven, six, eight long wingspan defenders and shooters. They add probably another shooter to the mix, may bring Melo back in a limited role. They, I think, I think this Lakers team is going to surprise a lot of people. Don't forget about Thomas Bryant, too. He makes Thomas a lot of Bryant. That's huge. Damian Jones, big addition. They're going to be much better than people realize. It's just, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. And off the show, this upcoming season will be the sophomore season for a lot of players. What sophomore do you think makes the biggest leap. I'm looking at those top two guys in the class. I think, I mean, Cade, you got a taste of what he can give you. And I think this year he's going to be the guy. He bulked up a little bit. He's like, said he's around like 230. So he's, he's, he's got that, that strength on him right now. But I think Jalen Green's going to be a lot better too. I think we kind of saw him kind of turn a corner towards the end of the year where he was making smarter decisions, trying to pass it a little more. And I mean, that's his team now. Like they drafted him to be the guy coming after Harden. So he's going to get every chance to, and he's, he's just as talented as Cade, just maybe doesn't have the same basketball IQ yet. So 
I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for Houston. I think Detroit's going to be a lot better this year off the fact that, you know, they got Cade, Sadiq Bay, and, you know, Poison Ivy. They got, they got a good squad here. So I think with the talent around him, he's going to look the best. And he's, I think he could make an all-star team this year. Cade, that is. I, I would agree with you 100%. I mean, I think I, – y'all know, y'all know how I feel about Cade already. Cade's that guy. <laughs> yeah, you would, think, you would think you coached him in AAU. That's how much love you got for him. I, I'd love to coach that guy in AAU. Are you kidding me? Uh, it would have been amazing. He, he, but I would have won everything. But he, uh, he, he's amazing, man. He, he, I think he's going to take a, a big step to all-star category this year. It's kind of what I see for him. I think Cade's going to take that step to the all-star category. Uh, Jalen Green needs to take a jump. I'm, I'm a little worried that the way that Houston does things, um, if he can take the step out of like, I don't, I, I know he's going to score a bunch of points and I'm not really looking at that guy. I know he can do that, but he's making good decisions with the ball in his hands. Like, can you do that uh, with that team? Are you going to be put in a position and are you guys going to play the right brand of basketball to allow you to make right, the right decisions and play good defense? I don't know about that, but I know he'll, he's fun to watch. He's so talented. It's just a matter of those things. Scotty Barnes is another guy. I think, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good chance he's look, we're looking at him averaging 19, 20 points a game. And then we look at him on our Raptors team and he, it's his team. It's his team. I know Pascal Siakam said he wants to be a top five player in the NBA. And I mean, I had, I had dreams of being an astronaut when I was a kid. So I, I think that's, it's great. You know, I think those things are amazing, but um, you that know, team is deep though at that, that like wing forward, they got him. OG. Yeah. I think Scotty Barnes has to separate himself. I think there's some oddballs in that, on that, you know what I mean? Like, they have too many threes. They might have to get rid of an OG or an OB. They have to make, they have to make some trades because I think Scott needs to take that top dog role this year. That's why I feel like it's going. That's me. Though. It's super. They got they got a lot of repetition in that position. Yeah, they definitely do. They I definitely mean, do. Between Pascal, Boucher, OJ, and an OB, you could get rid of one of those and you'll still be fine. Maybe you add a little bit more depth in the front court or something like that. Maybe you add a more solid center. Something like that, but they're they're good on on that front because I'm not trusting too many lineups with Pascal at center. Sometimes, like I get the small ball, but that ain't gonna cut it. Pascal, no, nah, I agree. I don't cut it. I agree. I mean, two more names I want to throw out there before we un, just unsexy names people won't talk. I forgot about. about Josh Giddy too. I forgot about him. Josh Giddy's nice, but I wasn't gonna mention him. I like Davion Mitchell. Uh, I think he's gonna have a big year. I love his game. Love everything about it. And Chris Dorte over in uh, over in Indiana. I think both those guys take a big pick, take a big jump, take a big jump um, into leadership roles in their team. I think respectively, each one, each one, especially Dorte. When you look at that that Pacers team, is just nonsense. They're not even trying to win, but they do have my man Tyrese Halliburton. So I think him and him and Dorte have a nice little two man going on over there. Yeah, I hope Duarte uh, takes a leap. He's on his second contract. If you're looking at his age, I mean, he's like 27. Mind you, that that day coming because I told him that. Uh, Dorte is better than R.J. Barrett, which I stand by, by the way. I stand on that. I stand on that statement. But Dorte, oh, he was he was 22 and R.J. was in eighth grade. So whatever, bro. Hey, hey, I, I know that certain when I was the when I was uh 16, I was making right hand layups. What's R.J.'s excuse? You be making right hand layups? Where are we getting this mis misconception from? I don't know, but I pulled the film, but the numbers of the basket are very low. They're very low. The numbers in the basket aren't great for my man, RJ. Hey, I, I, and, and I hope he takes a leap this year, too. I hope he shuts yeah, me he up. Will. He will. Don't, don't hope. Don't hope. I don't, want, I don't need your hope. 
<laughs> this ain't the Make a Wish Foundation. He's gonna hey, take I, that lead. Sometimes when I watch him play, I think it is Make a Wish Foundation. I ain't gonna lie. When I watch RJ play, sometimes I think it's the, it, we looking at some some kids at, at, the, at the at the homes and all that. I don't know, man. Let me show us too much. Too far. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I say things and I and I'm just on this podcast and I'm like, damn, like why did I say that? Or you took yeah. what I said and just you took off. I, I I do that. That's like my thing. I, I people say things and I kind of spit it on them, and then that 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 just backfired. Oh my god. <laughs> I think a name that nobody mentioned that will surprise and probably take a nice leap depending on what they do, because again, it's Houston, Josh Christopher. I think Josh Christopher will have a surprise season and he's in a position to have a breakout season. I believe that Houston team, they, they don't, who's, who are you playing over? Them? You can, you can give them big minutes. And at points last year, he looked better than Jalen green. I get it. Jalen green is a higher pit, but Josh Christopher, I think will have, he will surprise a lot of play, a lot of people this year. Josh Christopher will definitely surprise a lot of people this year. I'm a big fan of his. I really think, and I think he plays the game the right way, more so than Jalen Green. So I think that being that he plays the game the right way, he'll be able to have a more successful season than most think. Mm-hmm. I got one more. I got one more. I think. It's going to be tough for him to really go off because, you know, they're getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter back. But I think Bones could have one of those, like, six-man-of-the-year type of years because I think he's he's really talented. He's a sleeper for me for six-man-of-the-year just because I think he brings a lot to that team. And we saw what he could do for that team after you you knew that Jamal and all those guys weren't coming back. He, he's talented. And you lost uh, – Monte Morris. Monte Morris. You lost Monte Morris. So he's taking his spot, which I think he's more talented than him. He's going to give you a little more, a little wiggle. He can shoot it and make plays off the dribble. So I like him. And eventually I could see him taking, you know, some minutes in the starting lineup, maybe even making Jamal Murray expendable at some point. Wow. It's possible. I'm not going to doubt it. He's talented. I don't know if they defense though. That's my thing. Only not, but I, I he's really good. So I, I, I'm with Miles on that. He's really good. I have no, I have no quarrels about that. Well, y'all already know the vibes. If you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready. Bitch, mob, ENT, we out. Peace. Peace.